Hey guys, this is Mani Karthik here. Welcome to another episode of The Web. In this episode, we're going to talk about something very important for webmasters. Page load times. And when I talk about page load times, there's only two kinds of people that I know. One are the folks who are obsessed with page load times, are constantly tinkering with their website to make a faster page load time for their web pages. And the other team is folks who think that page load time is not important. So I hope that you fall into the first team, which is folks who are obsessed with page load time and you're constantly thinking and you know considering things to implement about making your web pages faster loading. Now I've, I have a couple of websites and I've tried different things over the last couple of years. I've worked with different uh, you know experts uh, who help me make uh, my web pages load faster and I've managed to get under one second of page load time for most of my significant traffic websites. Uh, and in this episode, I'm going to share with you some of the tricks and processes I learned, you know, in that long journey of getting to under one second of page load time with my website. So if you want to know what those things are, stick around. Okay, so first and foremost, you need to understand what is page speed, which is a term that often gets repeated when you talk about page load times and uh, faster websites. So according to definition, page speed is often confused with site speed. And this is an article from Moss where they talk about what is the difference between site speed and page speed. And as uh, you might have already guessed, site speed is actually the page speed for a sample of page use. Like for example, if you have 100 pages on your website, then your site speed is essentially an aggregate or an average of all the page load times or the page speed of all those 100 pages. So that as an aggregate forms your site speed. And I've noticed this too, most of the times when you try to optimize your blogs, you know, WordPress blogs for that matter, it's comparatively easier to optimize the homepage because there's not too many elements on there. There's not too many plugins working. Uh, there's probably not too many images also. So it's easier to optimize your homepage or your static pages. But when it comes to an article where you have maybe a listicle, maybe you know a YouTube embed and different other elements, then it becomes hard for you to actually optimize that page and get it under one second of page load time. So there is a difference between site speed and page speed. Site speed is the aggregate of all the pages and page speed is the speed of that individual page. And that differs from an article to a page to a homepage, whichever way you are configured on your website. So let's look at some history. So when did Google announce publicly that site speed is something that they consider when it comes to search rankings and relevancy of your website? So it was in April 9th, 2010, so nine years back, that Google announced on their official Google Webmasters blog that site speed is something that they consider when they look for search rankings as a search ranking signal uh, for websites. And ever since then, the Webmaster community has been constantly working on finding out ways to make your websites faster. Now, there are two other things that you need to understand in terms of understanding what page speed is. And that first thing is page load time, which all of us are aware of, I'm sure, which is basically the time it takes to fully display the content on a specific page. So from the start to the end, how long does it take for your website to load the entire set of contents, the entire set of elements in your HTML? That is your page load time, the time it takes for a page to load. It's pretty much uh, straightforward. Now, the other thing is to T 
TFB, which is time to first bite. Time to first bite. So basically, this is what how long it takes for your browser to receive the first byte of information from the web server. So these two things are completely different. Page load time is the actual time it takes for your website to load completely or that web page to load completely. And time to first byte is the time it takes to get the first byte of information, only the first byte of information from whichever page is loading. So these two are a common repeated jargon, I could say that uh, in you know page speed and page load time discussions that you will come across. So just keep that in mind. So let's talk about some of the things that actually matters when it comes to page load time and what is it that Google looks into your website uh, that actually makes your website faster or slower. So one of the things that always comes into the discussions is compression. And back in those days, 2010, 2011, 2012, and even three years before, people were talking about GCP compression because Google would suggest in their page uh, page speed insight and every other tool that you can check, like for example, tools.pingdom.com and all these uh, uh, tools that check for uh, slowness of your website always suggest that, hey, go ahead and enable compression. So compression is basically a way to compress the file size of your website. So, you know, if you have images, if you have HTML pages, if you have CSS, uh, JS, it all compresses and makes smaller files and such a technology will make your websites load faster. So that's the idea behind compression and gzip was the the most popular and the known way of compressing your files. But then recently there's been, you know, some new changes and we have more uh, better uh, compression methodologies and technologies like the Brotley compression, which is suggested by Google. It is more lightweight and faster and it's uh, I think 75% more effective than GSIP, which has been the long-standing de facto option when it comes to you know compression. So we have these newer technologies today, but compression is one of the things that Google looks into and suggests that you do on your website to make the file sizes smaller and faster loading. Now, another thing that Google suggests that you do with your websites is to minify your CSS, HTML, and JavaScript. So minify, as the name suggests, is basically just minification, which means compressing, but in a different way, which is minifying your resources. Like for example, if you have a huge HTML or CSS uh, file, you know there might be a lot of opportunities to minimize and reduce the file size of it. Like for example, reducing and getting rid of all the commas and extra spaces and all the formatting and all the comments maybe. So basically, if you remove any line of code and any line of uh, unwanted resource in your code, that can dramatically and significantly reduce the file size of that particular size of that particular file. And that's what Google suggests you do with all your CSS, JavaScript and HTML files to minify it and make sure that it's uh, of, a, of a small size that uh, it loads faster on the website. And there's a lot of different ways you can do this. You can do this manually. There are people who you know go line by line in one of these files and then take out all the commas and spaces and stuff like that. But there's also tools that uh, actually let you do this. Like for example, there's CSS Nano, there's Uglify.js. If you're on WordPress, you will see a lot of plugins that will promise uh, doing this. And everyone does it in different ways. So I strongly suggest that if you are on WordPress, go ahead and get a plugin that will minify your CSS, JavaScript, and HTML. And if you're waiting for like a grant 
silver bullet solution to all of these things that I'm about to say, then you can probably wait for the last part where, you know, instead of doing these things in bits and pieces, you can have like one solution that will take care of all your page load timing issues. So the fifth thing that you have to keep in mind is you have to remove the render blocking JavaScripts on your website. So basically render blocking JavaScript means, uh, you know, when a website loads, basically bots or Google crawlers, they look at uh, how the website loads and there's a particular tree structure kind of thing where it loads things in a sequence of events, right? The elements in a sequence of events and it's ideal if every element loads as fast as they can in a sequential manner as suggested and it goes from top to bottom or basically the first byte to the last byte in a sequential manner and there should not be any kind of resource that blocks this water flow of events waterfall of events but there could be certain things like for example your javascript code usually is the villain and it comes in between where if it is loading let's say in the header part of your website then it blocks the rest of the resources beneath it to be loaded because it waits for the javascript to be loading and once it completes loading then the crawler goes to the rest of the website so that makes uh, a big pause at that point. So Google suggests that you remove render blocking JavaScript resources. Uh, typically these show up in the header because most of the plugins, especially legacy plugins on WordPress, make sure that all your JavaScript code loads up in the header and that's where the problem is. So it is highly recommended that if you have WordPress plugins or any kinds of plugin that shows up JavaScript resources in the header or anywhere in the body that renders the actual, uh, that blocks the rendering of the elements on your website, then get rid of it or make sure that those scripts load up at the end in the footer. And we have a lot of resources and solutions that will help you do this and we'll discuss this towards the end of this podcast. Now, the other thing and a very significant thing that actually matters your page load time is browser caching and browser caching can be done in different ways. But essentially what it is, is that browsers keep a copy of your website by just keeping those files, like for example, the HTML file or the CSS file that you once loaded in hand in their cache so that if you go back to that website once again, then it basically instead of loading the entire content or entire set of files again, uh, the most commonly used files it'll keep in its cache and it load from the cache so that way it's uh, more faster loading it's a better user experience so this is called browser caching and google suggests that you leverage browser caching and use more tools that let you keep copies of your website of your elements and files of your website in your browser cache and this is done because usually there is expire headers for every file on your website and it tells basically the browser that this file is going to be changed on this particular date and you can keep this in the cache for x number of days uh, you know 90 days or even one year if it doesn't change so basically if you set this up right and there are plugins that will help you do this uh, and do browser caching properly then your website loads faster and this is probably the most simplest way of explaining it i'm sure that you know when you go to the technical side of things there are a lot more things to explain but i'm not going to go there but this is essentially what browser caching is and this is something that you have to do to make your web pages load faster now probably the most important thing in the set of things that actually matters for your page load time is your server response time and as the name suggests basically it's response time of your server. So the faster your server is, 
the better the response time is. And before 2010, before Google publicly announcing that page load time or site speed is something that they consider for search rankings, this wasn't such a big deal because you know all kinds of hosts we had, we were talking about more economical ways of uh, hosting your websites. So you know that we had shared hosting, uh, which was very cheaper, and we had dedicated hosting. We had VPS, and that was about it. Uh, there was a little bit of talk about uh, server speed, but not so much. We were more talking about CPU time, you know, bandwidth issues and things like that. But then after 2010, there came a breed of hosting companies which promised that they would give much more faster servers, which was optimized for WordPress. And they would call it managed WordPress hosting. So today we have a lot of players uh, like Kinsta, there's WP Engine, and folks like that who are dedicated for WordPress hosting because WordPress has an issue because uh, at that point of time it wasn't as fast as it is now. It had sluggishness. It had a little bit of uh, you know memory issue. So it needed very very you know powerful hosts uh, servers essentially. And that point of time we didn't have so many hosts that actually supported it. But today we do. So if you still are on a you know an old host or a host that doesn't have much of a response time, which is not fast, I strongly suggest that you move to some. Uh, host which uh, is optimized for WordPress and offers a faster response time, uh, better memory, uh, better CPU, uh, has no bandwidth issues and stuff like that. And like, you know, Kinsta or uh, at the end of this video, I can give you a coupon code uh, that'll take you to a discounted page on some of these top uh, WordPress dedicated hosts. But uh, if you want to check it out yourself, feel free to. There's Kinsta, there's WP Engine, uh, even GoDaddy for that matter has like a cheaper version of managed WordPress hosting. And these are all completely focused on WordPress and making sure that you have a faster response time. I mean, uh, there's a lot that I've experimented with in the last 10, 15 years. I've tried all kinds of hosts. I've tried share hosting from, you know, the HostGator guys to WP Engine to Kinsta and pretty much everything that I can imagine. So I know how the spectrum of events are <laughs> with these different guys, you know, it, from HostGator to GoDaddy to Kinsta to WP Engine, they all have their own ups and downs and sort of certain things really work. And I've seen faster response time, I've seen better Google performance on websites uh, which are hosted on dedicated managed WordPress hosts like Kinsta, Day, and all these different hosts. So I recommend very, very strongly that you consider at least switching to these hosts which offer a faster response times. Okay, so after hosting, probably the most important thing is CDN that'll affect your page load time. So CDN essentially stands for Content Distribution Network. If you have been on any WordPress related website, you'll see tons of advertisements for CDNs. You know, there's all kinds of CDNs today. And essentially what a CDN does is, let me explain it with an example. So let's say your website is hosted in Mumbai on a server, which is fast loading and everything, but it is in Mumbai. But your visitors are from America, let's say San Francisco and LA. So what happens is for all those who are trying to access your website from San Francisco and LA will find a little bit of a delay because you know your website has to be accessed from Mumbai. So there's a little bit of delay. But what if your server was in San Francisco, then you know the delay wouldn't be there, they will get a faster loading website. 
So this idea is exploited by CDNs. So what CDNs does is, even though your website is hosted in one part of the world, let's say for example, in this case in Mumbai, it would have copies of your website at different other locations. Like there will be one copy in New York, one copy in San Francisco, one copy in Japan, Singapore, Europe. So whenever there's somebody who's accessing your website from these parts of the world, it'll look for the closest region and it'll give that copy to that person. So that way they don't have to you know, go through that delay. And when I take, talk about delay, we're talking about like microseconds or maybe even seconds. That's all it that matters, but that's very significant. So CDNs help reduce that problem or solve that problem of giving faster websites to everybody because your website is in one part of the world. That problem is solved. And there are all kinds of different uh, CDNs available today. Some hosts have their own CDNs. There's Google's own CDN. There's um, standalone CDN networks like Cloudflare. There's a Mac CDN and you know different Buddy C CDN and all these different uh, CDNs available. Um, I can give you a link to one of these uh, blog articles that uh, one of my friends have written, which will talk about uh, all these different CDNs and how they compare against each other. How can you pick up the best one? Uh, in the footnotes, so do check it out. Uh, but CDNs is important. Okay, so after CDNs, the most important thing that you have to keep in mind to make your websites load faster is to optimize your images. And as you know, there might be a lot of images on your website depending on the kind of content you have. Uh, you know, if it is a listicle, you might have an image for everything, so that makes a listicle more faster or more slower loading. Uh, than other pages. So the more images you have, the more trouble you have essentially. So what you need to do is make sure that you have a kind of technology that will make sure that these images are served only when they are actually accessed. Like for example, on a listicle where you have 10 images on each uh, point, then only when people scroll to that particular point does the image load there instead of all the 10 images loading upfront. Because if that is the case, it will take more time for the page to load. So there are technologies that will help you do this. There's uh, lazy loading. Um, there's all kinds of plugins you can think. Even Google has their own native lazy, lazy loading plugin. And there's all kinds of specialists involved in this, all kinds of experts who will suggest you different types of lazy loading options. But that is another thing that you have to consider when you're trying to make your websites load faster. And not only this, you have to optimize the, the images as well. Uh, for example, if the size of your image is, let's say, uh, 10 MB, then you have to consider making it 5 MB. Or if it is 1 MB, try to make it, you know, even smaller than that, because the smaller it is, the better it is. And these days you have all kinds of technologies that will help you show the image in a, you know, probably sometimes even uh, you know, the same kind of quality, even though the file size is reduced. So there's a lot of image compression tools out there. Uh, I have a list of uh, good image compression tools listed and linked to from the footnotes, so do check it out. But there's all kinds of different technologies available. Some of them are free, some of them are paid, and uh, they have their ups and downs, but I think uh, the link I'm sharing will have the comparison between the different ones. But optimizing your images and lazy loading your images is probably one of the most important things when it comes to making your websites load faster.
Okay, so we talked about 10 different things that affects your page load time. We talked about what page load times are and how can you make your websites load faster, but there's more to this. Trust me, there's a whole lot of things that you have to do to make your website load faster. Even there are a lot of different options within some of these things that I mentioned, like for example, for optimizing images, there are 10 different tools. For when it comes to hosts, there are 10 different hosts and all of them have their ups and downs. And uh, you know, one thing doesn't fit for everyone, but there are some standard practices that you can do to make your website load faster. So in the next, next episode, I'm gonna talk about some of these things. I might bring in a few more experts as well who can maybe explain to you in a more technical way as to what are the things that goes behind the scenes when you install a plugin, what happens and why is it that Google consider your website is uh, slower than someone else and how can you get 100 on 100 or even at least a closer score on the Google PageSpeed Insights tool, which is a tool that everyone uses to score your website and see how slower or faster your website is. So we'll look into some of those things in detail in the next episodes. Uh, this is my first episode, by the way, in this podcast. So uh, even though I've been blogging for the last 10, 15 years uh, on moneykarthik.com, on Daily SEO blog, on Daily Blogger, uh, this is the first time I'm plunging into the world of uh, podcasts. I do have a podcast for other projects that I have, but on SEO and the website of things, this is my new podcast. It's called The Web. I hope you like it. Let me know the comments and suggestions to improve it because, you know, there's always room to improve. But love you all. See you in the next episode. This is Mani Karthik signing off.